0: Hello and welcome everybody to All In The Addicted Gambler's Podcast. This is Brian and uh, we did a show with Shanika from Australia and she helped us to understand more about gambling addiction down in Australia. Jeff was here for the show and so I just wanted to give you a little intro to what we are talking about because we jumped right in. Enjoy!
1: lose 23 billion dollars in gambling per year and 12 billion of that is on poker machines which you guys call slots and they're called fruit machines or fob teas or whatever we call them poker machines or pokies and we have uh, 200,000 machines in Australia and where I live in South Australia we lose um, $1.82 million per day. We have about 12,000 machines in my state compared to New South Wales where it's a little bigger, they lose about $17 million per day. And they have 92,000 machines, which is um, half of poker machines are in New South Wales. So the pokies account for about 80% of all gambling addiction in Australia and we have 18% uh, of the world's poker machines. That's a little bit of an overview of the statistics here and how bad it is. And where are the pokies located? Obviously we have casinos and then we have them in pubs and clubs. So a pub is like a hotel and a club can be um a, a football club or a bowling club or a club of any sort of nature that they yeah they supply mostly supply the um most danger actually yeah
0: are there betting shops in australia okay. not a casino yeah. but you go in and it's just betting shop uh, betting
1: oh well, well 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 basically the pubs and clubs are that, that okay <laughs> yeah
0: and do all those places offer alcohol as well
1: yeah they do Uh uh-huh they used to get they used to bring free alcohol actually but they stopped that oh really i mean i know in
0: vegas they do that sort of thing but not at every casino
1: yeah they they just bring out free food and they have tea and coffee and biscuits oh goodness okay so it all started when i moved out of home with a boyfriend He would go to the tab with his dad. I know what, you don't know what the tab is. It's like a TAB, like a horse bedding. They used to have horse bedding there. And he used to go down to the hotel um, and bet on the horses once a week with his dad. And that was around the same time poker machines came in uh, to South Australia and he kept asking me, "Do you want to come down to the pokies?" And I was like, "No, nah, I'm not interested." And then he kept asking me and asking me. And I was like, "All right, shut up about these bloody pokies." So I went down there, and I, I remember I was I was walking around with the cup, and I thought, "Oh, this is a bit embarrassing. I don't know what to do." Prior to the pokies coming in, they had these uh, this club kino. I don't know if you know what kino is over there. It's like yeah, um, yeah. so they had kino and um. Yeah, so I was walking around the cup and they had like a touchscreen Kino poker machine. So I thought, oh, this looks familiar. So I sat down and, and, and pressed a few buttons, selected a few numbers, pressed start, and oh, you know, this is okay. And then looking, looking back now from that moment, I was hooked. I didn't know, but little did I know that that decision cost me the next 14 years of my life And then I was the one that was saying, do you want to go down to the pokies? And then we would spend all of the leftover money that we had on machines. And, you know, within a matter of months, that relationship fell apart. And I moved over to the other side of town. And and this is sort of when the pokies became my best friend. I got a job in a a shopping centre and they had poker machines in a pub just – on the side of the, the shopping center
2: there. I was just gonna ask you about how old were you at the time and how long ago was this?
1: So, I was uh, 17 turning 18.
2: And were there age restrictions as to, you know? Yeah, you had to be age. 18.
1: Were they,
2: uh, are those restrictions enforced or uh, not really?
1: Uh, no, not really. And you can still get in there now today without ID. Yeah, so I, used to, I started going on my, in my break uh, when I was at work and then I started going before work and then after work. And uh, I remember one day this, my bosses came up to me and they said, oh, you know, Shonika, we've heard that you have been seen at the pokies. We don't want you going there. And I thought, what are you talking about? No one knows me in there. I've got my jacket on. Yeah. And they said, well, it's not a good look. So we don't want you going there. And I thought, all right. When I went home, I thought they can't tell me what to do. Thought, so, you know, job pokies. And I sent him a text message, and I said, well, I'm not. You can find someone else for uh, tomorrow because I'm not coming back. Then I got another job in the city, um, and uh, my behaviour continued. I, I, it, it was worse actually. I got some credit cards and. Personal loans to pay for my expenses because I had spent all my money on the burkeys and then a few years went by and I um, Meanwhile, I, I didn't even think I was hooked. So this is when I, I, I didn't even know I was hooked. I remember one day I, Something came over me and I I got really upset and uh, I was just sweeping the floor at work and I just remembered, like, I think what I'd done the night before. And, and I didn't really have too much emotion about when I lost money. I'd just go, oh, well, you know, I'll just get more. And, you know, there was – I hear a lot of people they, that they would get angry and stuff, but I would just make it – when I left the venue, it never even happened. But I remember one day I was at I was at work and I was sweeping the floor and I just started bawling my eyes out, like tears. And my boss looked at me and he said, what's wrong with you? And I said, oh, what do you care? You know, no one cares. Uh, You don't give a shit. And he goes, well, I do care. You're going to sit down right now and tell me what's wrong because I want to know. So I ended up telling him and that was like the best thing that I ever did. The the sense of relief that I felt um, was amazing. And then I confessed to another lady she was a director of a theatre group that I was involved with. And she said to me, I think you have a gambling problem. And I thought, do I? And, yeah, I just... She told me that there was places to go for help. There was Pokies Anonymous and um, there was counselling and stuff like that. And I didn't go um, but because I, I don't think I was ready to stop. But those words, I think you've got a gambling problem, that's my mind and I, I kept thinking I, I've got to do something about this problem I've got to do something you know I've got to get down to these meetings. I thought about doing that for about four years until I made the phone call but in the meantime I, I told my mum and I asked her could she take over all of my finances because I couldn't be trusted paying my bills.
2: Was that the first time you had told her?
1: Yeah yep that was the first time I told her. And um, that,
2: that, How long had you been gambling?
1: for about, um, I think it was about 12 years.
2: Throughout the, those 12 years, did you have ever have to go to your mom for, for a loan to help out with paying bills, etc.
1: I did actually ask her for a loan once before that. I don't usually talk about this, but it's the truth. And I feel comfortable um, saying that I actually told her that I needed money because I spent it on drugs and that I... So, so I didn't want to tell her about the pokies, but I'd rather her think that I spent it on drugs and I needed uh, to pay my rent. Yeah, when I told her again, she said, "You know what? What? It, you know you you got to stop doing this." What? And I said, "It's not, it's not drugs this time. It's the pokies." And I never even took the drugs. I just said that that you know, and to make an excuse so she wouldn't wouldn't find out. Yeah, the second time I told her, yeah, I told her the truth so she would give me a little bit of money each week to survive off of and for food and stuff and then she would pay off because I'd give her all my money she would pay off the debts and then she would ring up and say oh you know this credit card's paid off do you want to ring up and cancel it now but what i would do is i would just cuz all my bills were directed to her house so she would could just pay them and sort that out cuz that's what i wanted and then i would ring up the credit cards and I would redirect the address back to my house and then I would just do it again. So all this time she thought she was helping and, you know, helping me pay off my debts with the, with the, with the money and the, managing my finances. And really, I, I was just digging myself a deeper hole. And then I moved house and I thought, I'm going to have a brand new start now and I'm going to just stop. I'm going to stop gambling and, you know, this is going to be it.
0: How often were you uh, playing pokies?
1: It's hard to say. It's just any time when, when I had money, a couple of times a week maybe. Or yeah. You know, if, I, if I got another uh, increase in one of my credit cards, I would go again. Yeah, any time I had money. So, yeah. That sounds like um, me.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Did you ever go uh, with
2: anyone or is it always by yourself?
1: Yeah, definitely always by myself. No one knew. No one knew at all. Uh, it was a big secret, as you know you know like mm. to keep it hidden
2: sure.
1: yeah so uh yeah i tried to stop and I, but i just couldn't and i uh, then i remembered about the lady that told me about pokies anonymous i decided this one day i didn't even have five dollars left and i was like i was pacing up and down this is the first time i was like having an anxiety attack i think i lost it and i thought well are they going to do something uh really silly Um, like end my life or I'm going to ring up Pokies Anonymous and, you know, do something about this. So I made the phone call and I haven't looked back since. These machines took away 14 years of my life. I can't get them back. Um, And I always say to people about, you know, you can get more money, but, you know, that time is gone. It was stolen from me because I should have been developing in other areas of my life. But I was stuck in front of a poker machine for half of it, and um, you know I, I find things very difficult over, over the years to. Um, it, I, I try and explain it to people like I, I was not that I've ever been to jail, but it feels like I, I was released from from jail, and and I find it hard to to know how to communicate, just little things like that because I I wasn't developing, so I, I started wondering why. I didn't stop and, and why these machines had taken over my, my life. And I didn't, you know, wake up to myself. And I would say to mum, you know, why didn't I wake up after 14 years? I couldn't, couldn't stop thinking about it. And then she said, well, some, some people never wake up. And, and I was like, I just couldn't, it just didn't make sense to me. Why I wouldn't, wouldn't think about, you know, even 10 years of that. I, I didn't realize it was even hooked. So I couldn't work it out. At the same time, I was started attending Pokies Anonymous, and then I started doing research on the internet about how the machines were designed, and I found out a lot more than what I thought I was going to find out.
0: Hey, before you, before you get into that part of it, I just yeah. want to be clear on the timeline. Yep. You started when you were 17 or 18, Yep, and 10 years in, somebody mentioned to you that they thought you had a gambling problem, and then four years later, you went to your first meeting. Exactly. Okay. And this was specifically Pokies Anonymous, this was not Gamblers Anonymous.
1: No, this is Pokies Anonymous,
2: yep. Shanika, let me ask you a question. I find it interesting that you had told your your mom that you had a drug problem at first, rather than a problem with the pokies. Mm. Um, Did you feel that it was more shameful to be hooked on the pokies than it was to be hooked on drugs?
1: Uh, well, yeah, it, maybe in the back of my mind, I just thought I just thought there's no way I can tell my mum that it was the pokies because no one knew really. So, yeah, I suppose um, I just knew that I needed to pay a bill, so I just had to tell her something. Yeah. Did,
0: did you? So you thought telling her drugs she would understand drugs, but she wouldn't understand the pokies?
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I just okay. didn't want her to find out about the pokies. So. I didn't really think about it too much. I just made up some excuse.
2: But at that point, did you consider that you had an addiction?
1: No, I didn't understand it at all. Not one little bit. Um, and that's why I did start researching. I, I didn't know the link about the addiction. I didn't really yeah, understand any side of that at all. All I knew is that I tried to stop and that I couldn't. And I, that's what I couldn't work out. Why can't I stop this? I know I wanted to really badly and when I did actually try to with all of my, um, you know, strength, I I couldn't do it. Um, I thought it would have been easier than that. Yeah, that's why I started trying to, I I couldn't let that go. I was just like, why, you know, why would someone do that and waste? Because half of my life was wasted and I feel like it was stolen and I was tricked.
2: Yeah, th- you know, I totally relate to that because that that was exactly my thought. I, I, you know, I thought that I was, you know, acting insane, but I never really attributed it to an addiction. Now that I know what perceptions the public has about gambling, and uh, I, I understand that because, you know, we don't consider gambling still to this day on the same level as being an addictive behavior as as we do with with you know substances i know brian did you feel that way did you did you know that you had an addiction
0: yeah i knew early because i i recognized my behavior early but i didn't i didn't care early enough though i sort of just went with it i mean i think i told you jeff previously that when i was 18 and gambling i answered the 20 questions when i was 18 and i knew i had a gambling problem but i ignored it completely because i loved it. And so like Shanika said when she said i kind of woke up that's how i felt too like what the hell have i been doing and mine was about the same time frame as Shonica's. It was 18 to
1: 32. yeah yeah and and with the with pokies the poker machines they're marketed as you know some fun and entertainment that, but they're, they're designed to addict but they market it as some sort of fun and entertainment. So you don't sort of make that connection between the addiction really, because it's just a bit of fun.
0: If you go to a casino, you're in a social environment and the table games are more social, but these slots and pokies, you're yeah. by yourself. Even if you're with other people, you're by yourself at the machine. Two people can't play the same machine. So I always wondered how they, they said that was entertainment. Are, you're just in a room with pokies in the in the pubs and clubs?
1: Yeah, that's right. They have a special little room. Even even well, everyone in the, the rest of the hotel or the club can see and they can hear the machines. So I think that's wrong because, you know, you can hear that stuff and they know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a big room. It's like someone else's money boxes and people just come in. They're even lining up in the morning before it's open to come in and shove their money in.
0: Were you going to the casino?
1: Uh, No, I never really went, uh, you know, I've been to about three casinos in Australia, but only like the once, so I never really um, gambled at a casino.
2: Throughout the 14 years that you were gambling, did you find that you needed to gamble with more money as time went on in order to get that same level of excitement?
1: Uh, Yes, Definitely. I remember towards the end, I would not go unless I had a minimum of $200. (laughs) And it wasn't like that.
0: We're like the same person, you and me. I was the same way. It wasn't worth it to go with a little bit of money.
1: No. Because I've heard of people, you know, scrounging around in their cars, trying to find five cents to make a dollar. And I was like, nah, I wouldn't. Nah.
2: I I, I did that. (laughs) And Jeff,
0: you also, did you, I don't know if you mentioned this before I got on, but Jeff also uh, was contemplating suicide as well, yeah. uh, pretty heavily, actually.
1: Well, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the people that I speak to, I, I don't think that I've spoken to one person that had a problem that hadn't contemplated or even tried to do it. So, but there's no statistics really that reflect that at all, which I think is um, really alarming.
2: Um, The the statistics, at least in the U.S., is that gambling addiction has the highest rate of what's called suicide ideation, you know, thoughts of suicide, and suicide attempts than any other addiction. In fact, twice as high. So uh, it's obviously a, a real alarming problem.
1: Mm-hmm. And they like to, um, you know, the, the, the people with all the statistics and the politicians that quote the research, they always say it's like a tiny, well, it was small, now it's gone to tiny percentage of people that um, are hooked. But I, I find that is not the case. I find that nearly everyone in there when you're sitting in there are hooked. But they like people to think that it's only you know a few problem gamblers that are hooked, but it's it's definitely not the case here. I'm not sure how how we prove that, but everyone I talk to they they think about you know like eighty percent of the people in in there are uh, are um hooked
2: um but you know, so- you know wh- one of the thing you know you raised a really good point and, and and something that you know I've considered a lot i mean how do they how do they get to these statistics? I would, I would think that most of the time, it's based upon you know, interviews with people and what are they gonna say? I mean, when, when you were in the height of your gambling addiction, would you have uh, answered a question by some researcher saying, yes, I have an addiction to gambling? Hell no, for me, I, I was hiding it from everybody and, and even myself, I was in denial. So I think it's probably one of the most under-reported addictions there is. Because you can't test somebody like a urine test for gambling. It's, it's yeah. really based upon what, what people disclose.
1: Definitely. And then I was reading a pamphlet the other day. That said, this was based on, uh, they had all these statistics from um, one of the counseling services. And that said, these statistics are based on telephone interviews. So they've just rang up random people. Um, They're not going to tell you the truth over the phone to some stranger. Well, okay, so none of this is relevant then.
2: (laughs) right? And and so much of it is how how the questions are asked, you know. Do you think you have a gambling problem? No, maybe. I don't. Okay, you're good,
1: yeah, <laughs> and they they might even go down there like you know, more than once a week and and that was me. I, I never thought that it was a problem. you know, I didn't even have enough money for milk, I didn't consider it as a problem, which I still can't i I really yeah, that baffles me, like to this day, still, but I, I know, yeah, like, did you want me to get into uh you know what I found out when i and, and why I actually stopped gambling?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The reason why I stopped and um, yeah, is because I found out how they were intentionally designed with these particular design features in these machines to addict me. And I thought, you know, I'm not so stupid like, you know, these things are uh, it's done on purpose. And I got really angry. And the more I looked into it, the more I found out. And then I found out, you know, I read about losses disguised as wins and and near misses and starved reels. And 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 then you know the the same brain chemicals are stimulated as when people use um, cocaine and ice. And I was I was I was angry. I had all these feelings and emotions I didn't know what to do with. And I would ring up like the lady that ran Pocus Anonymous at the time, and I'd. I'd just talk through and feel the feelings and um I was determined never ever again to put another dollar in and I would <laughs> I would go down to the meetings, it's, it seems funny now. I would go down to the meetings and um and, and when it was my turn to share, I would say things like, you know, they're rigged and I thought, you know, people would stop gambling as well, but sort of wasn't the case. But I was, yeah, really hyped up and I would um In in my share, I would put on because I'd I'd burn copies of DVDs about BF Skinner and behaviorism and and all this sort of stuff and on print conditioning. And some people didn't have um, DVD players because they didn't have one or that it was in cash converters, which is like a, a place where you hock stuff, you know. And then, um, yeah, so I'd wheel in this big old TV with a um, DVD player there that the community centre had and um, in my share I'd put on that. And they must have thought, you know, who is this? And then I'd be taking notes about, you know, listening to every word people would say and I'd, and I'd go, don't worry, I'm not writing your names, but I just wanted to know everything. And, and I haven't gambled in nearly 10 years. So, so now what I do is, is I help others, to to try and stop but uh, you know pokies anonymous saved my life
0: does pokies anonymous i mean it's specifically for pokies but it follow does it follow the same path as gamblers anonymous same thing but specifically for pokies
1: yeah well i was telling jeff before it's based on a 12 step program but we don't have um the traditions that gamblers anonymous have you know, I, I agree with the concept of the anonymous programs, you know, and the support group part, but, and I'm not sure, like, you, I, I know you guys um, have attended the Gamblers Anonymous, but some of the things, like, I I find it a little bit difficult to accept things like defects of character, because this is another conversation, but I think when, when we're getting into blaming the person, because I, I think... Poker machines are a little bit—they're different because they're specifically designed to addict, and they're like I said before. It was marketers as fun and entertainment, but they're really a trap. I, I find sometimes, yeah, it's just a bit difficult to accept. But you know, I, I run the meetings, and and I, I my, the higher power for me is the group, and and I don't know where I would be. I'd still be gambling now if it wasn't for the group.
2: When when you started your Research had you been, had you stopped gambling at that point and already been attending Pookie's anonymous meetings?
1: I was doing it at the same time yeah I, I wanted to stop I couldn't and then I started researching on the internet and the more and then I think that burst my bubble. I thought you know you can't win on these things this is mm. the trick
2: so, so you really um, attribute your ability to stop gambling, mostly on finding out the truth about how poking machines are designed and the fact that, you know, it, they're so unfavorable to the, to the player that it's almost crazy to continue to, to, to play them.
1: Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, you know, the support group as well, because uh, I felt like they understood that they, they were exactly, all the stories were so similar to mine. And if I just found out the, um, you know, about the machines and how they were designed and without going to the meetings, I think they really worked together because I could share how I felt and uh, feel like I was part of something. And that's what I find special about the support groups.
2: Has anybody in, 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 your, in the groups that you go to expressed, you know, surprise that you were able to use that information to to be able to stop gambling. Another, you know I'm looking back when I was addicted to slot machines. Uh, and as you know, Brian and I both were addicted to those machines. And I'm just not sure if somebody told me the truth about how those machines were designed or the odds of me winning, whether that would have had any kind of effect on, you know, my ability to stop. I thought, I think I was just so far addicted that it didn't really matter. Mm. Does that makes sense
1: to you? Yeah, definitely. And that's what I, I found um, in part of my journey with stopping. I thought that you know, if I told all these people how they were designed that they would just stop <laughs> and that wasn't the case. I was at that time where I, I wanted to, I was ready to stop. So that information, um, yeah, came along at the perfect time, you know, things happen for a reason. And I think, you know, it does help to um, have that that those facts behind you because it makes you feel like you're... You know, like people, that they're not idiots. They're not, you know, losers that can't stop, that, you know, don't have any self-control. There's more to it. And I think that does help, you know, fire people up a little bit. But, yeah, some people, it might not, That they're not ready. So, yeah.
0: Do you think if when you were playing, if somebody had tapped you on the shoulder and and told you all this, that you would have stopped? Because if you had tapped me on the shoulder in a casino while I'm playing and told me this, I'd say, just get away. I'm playing. I, I, you know, I'm going to do this anyway. Cause in my brain, I still think I'm going to win.
1: Yeah. Probably when you're in there, it's hard to, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to be in a, like a little room by myself. So no one could hear, hear or see me. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> Don't they, and I was watching a, a video on YouTube. I, I believe it was from Australia where they, don't they put a million to one on the machine in Australia? Aren't the odds on the machine of what you, it'll take to hit get, hit a jackpot on that machine? Uh,
1: I think, yeah. I think it's in really small fine print somewhere. But yeah, never I
0: it. Mean, if I was looking at that, I'd still I'd still gamble in the height of my addiction. So you didn't oh, yeah. have you didn't have a lot of people, and I'm gonna use the term rock bottom, have that mm-hmm. moment. You didn't really have that moment where you were like, oh, this is it for me. I'm done. I'm finished. I I went way too much. It was more of you were really pissed off that you found out these machines were rigged.
1: Yeah. At the same time I'd had enough as well. And yeah, my, my, mo- I just could not work out why I could not stop, why it was so hard.
0: So, Did you try uh, therapy at all? Seen a therapist?
1: No, uh, no, I didn't. I just, um, knew I needed help and I remembered that lady telling me about Pokies Anonymous mm. and, uh, that's all I, I thought about for four years. Got to get down to those meetings, but you know, got to get down to those meetings. Isn't turning up, is it? So. Oh.
0: Did you gamble yeah. at the same place every time?
1: Uh, mostly. Yeah. I had a couple of places, the same, the same machine as well.
0: You, yeah. You, you favored a machine. Did you win on that machine and then you thought I can win again on that machine?
1: Uh, I never really won too much and that's the crazy thing about it. I, I hear of people, you know, they, one here and there but uh, I even if you do when you just put it back in anyway so yeah
0: yep Yep. I mean I never I never won huge jackpots I would you know I'd go with five hundred dollars and once in a great while I would win two to three thousand dollars and then like you said I'd put it all back is that about the same with you because I'd take my paycheck down there is what I do same thing you know once every two weeks I'd go with my
1: paycheck I, I, I don't think I ever won that much. Um, it was just okay. like a yeah, yeah, it was all bit of a blur. I think I was hypnotized in there, so you know, and I know of people that once you cross the line of addiction, it's not sometimes it's not about the winning the money, it's about just being there and it's soothing you, you forget about things that are going on, and you know everyone's different because i I didn't I just went there as soon Did as you have money not, must go to pokies. That's what my brain thought. Nothing else. There was no dramas. Yeah. So you weren't so,
0: mad or pissed off or sad not, or anything like that.
1: No. Nah, no. Nah. So my my brain was programmed just to go down there.
0: And who <laughs> is clubs New South Wales? That's the the group that controls all the clubs in South in New well, South Wales.
1: Well then, yeah, they control the clubs in New South Wales, but they've also got a huge influence on all the clubs in all the states, so they're like the big wigs of okay. um, clubs, and and they will influence you know, politicians, and they will pay uh, to, to rig elections to make it, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty really bad.
0: Is it, here, I mean, Jeff and I talk about gambling addiction a lot, but on the news, you don't really see anything about gambling addiction. Would you say that's accurate, Jeff?
2: Certainly not as much as, as we should, but yes.
0: I mean, you, from time to time, there's a story yeah, in the right. news. Jeff has done a few. I did one. But for the most part, it's not like you see this every day. Do you see it's, stories it's not like the opening the opening down oil. there You know, during the week on the evening news, local news about gambling? Because I see stories here from Australia. So I got to imagine down there locally, you, you have more.
1: I think that there's definitely more, more these days than when I first stopped. And there's a lot more people speaking out now than what there used to be. Yeah, there's a few uh, things about the Crown Casino lately, so they that is sort of been head news. Um, I've got
0: that on my list of things to watch. That it was sixty minutes, correct? Yeah, that did the expose.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, they had yeah, it's still going on. Links to organised crime and prostitution and human trafficking drug trafficking, and, and, the, and the major parties aren't saying anything. They're actually helping these high-roller high, roll, high roller gamblers and fast-tracking their visas to come here and gamble. And they've been caught this casino as well, tampering with machines as well. I saw parties.
0: something about that. How uh, That was for sure. I mean, I, I think I saw something about a whistleblower who said that they were yeah. doing
1: that. Yeah, definitely. Yep, they got busted. Um, the regulators... They still gave him a, a five-year license when all that stuff was going on. So you know they should be investigated as well. They're, you know they're, they're failing to um, act properly.
0: When did these betting shops and the clubs and pubs pop up? I mean, have they? When did they start being on every street corner?
1: Okay, so they had in New South Wales. They've been there for quite a while. They've been there since the 50s. Um, In clubs, and then, um, wow, yeah, yeah. So, they same time as like Las Vegas, yeah, they had we had our own Las Vegas over here in the clubs. Everyone used to go from other states, like on buses, to go over there and gamble. And then in the 90s, I think it was like 92 in Victoria and uh, 94 in South Australia. I don't know the other states exactly when they brought them in, but slowly everyone. Every state got the pokies in, into, I think it was uh, into uh, clubs or, I can't remember, it was either it was pubs first and then all, all clubs and then the um, hotels were whinging. So then they got licences. Do have online gambling also? Do now, yeah. And, and the politicians like to deflect, you know, to that to say, oh, that's a huge problem. Poker machines are still the leading cause of harm um, but if they don't do anything about the uh, sports gambling, that will, you know, continue to be worse.
2: Shanika, I'm curious, What what would you like to see happen in terms of, you know, the role that government plays and just gambling in general?
1: Obviously, I'd like to see them gone from pubs and clubs, you know, on every street corner, but I think the horse has already bolted on that one. But we can reduce the harm. I think reducing the bets... You know that that would be a good start.
0: you told me the other night that there's a limit on the machine, right of each bet
1: yeah, so um New South Wales have ten dollar every time you push the button, you can bet ten dollars, and here we is five dollars yeah, and has that we,
0: changed before was it unlimited?
1: Uh, no, no, okay. it's always been a limit, but that's just ridiculous, and you can even uh, people people are advocating for one dollar bets, which is good. You know, so the industry wouldn't get their money so quickly because you can load up like seven thousand five hundred dollars into a machine at once in New South Wales. You know, reducing the bet, but people still got hooked on dollar bets. It's the machine. The machine is the problem. That's that's so addictive with those features. So you know, these things would reduce the harm. Some people have got different views to say, and and I and I. Uh, with dollar bets, I think, um, you know, it's time on device. So you would be like, if I say, if I went there with 200, I would just stay longer. It's not going to, you know, make too much difference. We'll, we'll, I'll just be there longer, which means that I'd be longer on the device and then be more hooked. But if anything, having, having the bets they, so the industry doesn't get their money so quickly, that I think that's a good thing.
2: You mentioned um, earlier about losses disguised as wins and near misses. Just tell us about that.
1: Okay. So that was some points that I, uh, why I took on the court case to expose the dangers uh, about, for, about the machines. And cat is, I don't know if you can hear that, but there's some cat that's like really loud. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, sorry. On
0: the show, it's okay.
1: <laughs> um, yeah so uh so I I took on Crown Casino to expose the dangers of of these machines and those particular features to say that you know that these the, the the way that the machines are designed are um reason a big massive part of the reason why people get addicted and why they can't stop so some of the features were um you know the, the losses disguised as wins so if you push the button and and you you you're betting ten dollars, so you you guys would know about this anyway, wouldn't you?
0: You bet and ten, you win eight, and they call it a win. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then all the the bells and whistles, and then you think you've won, and then that just reinforces, and and the brain chemicals, and and you know they they, proved sh- proof that a a near miss and and losses disguised as wins are probably even worse than winning because the. the yeah, it's like the anticipation of um, of the win is is even worse and yeah it stimulates more of the brain the dopamine than anything. other things like in, in the machine all the real sizes they're not the same. there's like there's you still have more
0: machines there they're not newer computerized
1: Oh they are, but they're still based on the that that sort of concept. so the the, the computer the computer program has that built into it you just it's just so that the fifth reel has 14 more symbols on it than the other ones so you wouldn't see anything like that and that's how they sort of i think they, they trick you is that you see the other symbols coming up and um yeah it's it's all part of the plan and that's why I, I i took them to court saying that the the poker machines this particular one dolphin treasure was misleading and deceptive because it has these Design features built into them, but unfortunately, we we couldn't prove that.
0: Now, Jeff Jeff's a lawyer, so he might ask you very specific questions. Uh, now,
1: yeah, I don't know, fucking. I can,
0: but can we talk about it a little bit?
1: Yeah, but I I wasn't involved with all the behind the scenes things, so if you ask me anything, sure. About that I just I don't have any, you know, like and and you can it is available the judge's findings. So, hopefully, sometime in the future, someone will take on the case again. And then they can use that to, um, yeah, see maybe where we went wrong.
0: Well, it was, yeah. it was the lawsuit article that is how I found you. And then I looked you up on Twitter and that's how I, I found. You. Was it just specifically you that wanted to do the lawsuit? Were other people involved?
1: I think. Um, what
0: can I possibly do? Were you yeah. to back your money? I, I'll let you talk.
1: Yeah, it wasn't about the money, so I, I wasn't claiming any any compensation. Yeah, I wanted to do something, I just didn't know, know what. And um, I think um, there was others that knew that there could be a case. So, yeah, I took it on.
2: Yeah, you, you know, I don't want to lose lose sight of that because that's what I found very interesting because here in the States, many people think that, you know, people that that file lawsuits such as the one that you you described are only interested in the money. As you said, that was not something that you were looking for. You were actually just looking to bring attention to the you know actions that this casino was engaging in in order to either fool people to think that they had a better chance of winning than they really did, or to uh, even promote the addiction in people, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and, and people did assume it was all about money, but I just didn't want this to happen to anyone else. So that was my uh, main motive behind trying to prove that they were misleading and deceptive because everyone knows it, but it's proving it is is two different things, you know. And then, and there was also another part of the statement of claim, which was the unconscionable conduct. So them doing this and and knowingly doing this and knowingly, it was quite funny though. The um the other lawyers though, <laughs> because there was the the crown, so the casino, um, and then one of the um poker machine manufacturers. So there was two respondents, and then. <laughs> And they were both of them were trying to throw each other under the bus. Like one was saying, "We just make them; we don't supply them." And the other one was saying, "We supply them, but we don't make them." So it was quite hilarious.
2: That's
0: lawyer's trick, pretty Jeff. Typical.
2: Yeah, sounds pretty typical. Did you, I'm curious. Did you have Did you have any difficulty finding a lawyer to take the case?
1: Oh no, they were they were ready to go. No, they they and they were really good, really lovely. I think they they um wanted to um prove it as just as much as i did
2: how how did you how did you i'm just curious how did you find the the lawyer that you eventually hired
1: uh i think they wanted to do something as well as me and we just yeah i i just i was it <laughs> so yeah. they we had a discussion and then i said yeah i'm i'm um i'm willing to do this and and they wanted to do it as well so
2: Well, you may have not been successful, but you certainly were successful in bringing attention to the issues.
1: Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: do you know of other
0: people that have filed any lawsuits similar to yours?
1: No, there was there was something in Canada or something happening, but I never ever heard of anything happening out of that. But um, not here, you know, I'd do it again in a heartbeat.
0: Did you receive any backlash from filing the lawsuit after it was all over?
1: Um, From, from,
0: from anybody, you know, some a-hole that who was like, blah, well, blah, 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 or anything like that.
1: Oh, oh, people on Facebook always like oh. flapping about, you know, things that they know that they, they, they didn't even read the article and think, <laughs> thought that I was, you know, wanting compensation and, you know, calling me names and stuff like that and saying that I was an idiot and, and oh, all of that stuff but i think that's hilarious because that just shows how un um, you know they're, they're not educated and that's well, what they're
2: also probably compulsive gamblers and you're striking a very sensitive cord
1: mm, yeah maybe yeah they don't want anyone to take their uh, machines away
0: <laughs> do you find that people know you as the person who i mean is that are you kind of known as that person or am i off base
1: um i think i was i was sort of known as a you know Pretty active volunteer before that okay and I th- yeah I think um, a lot more people know and I, I've apparently being very inspiring for people you know like some people call me a hero and I, I don't think of myself as that I just think you know people needed to hear the truth and uh, I was yeah and I'm still like I'll do this till the day I die um, I, mean,
0: I, I think it's brave you put yourself out there for something you believe in and you follow through yeah. The outcome wasn't what you wanted, but, yeah. you know, it rarely is.
1: Yeah. But but I think, um, you know, this has given me, like, hel- helping other people has given me a purpose because I'm not sure what I, I would be doing otherwise. I'm not sure, like, what how my life, like, what direction my life would have been in if poker machines didn't, uh, you know, come into it in the first place. So I, I had hopes and dreams, but the machines took away all that. And uh, so now I feel like I've I've got enough experience to to help others, and if I can just be here to listen, and you know if they want to talk, um, you know I'm here because people are like actually a man about well I said I have to I've got an interview in 40 minutes, and he's got he just rang me up and he said he's suicidal, so I have to bring him back after this. Um, you know people have taken their own lives. Um, you
0: might want to stop with us and go call him. <laughs>
1: Oh no, he's he's good. He's got a doctor's appointment. Okay. But um, no, nah, he he's he's been talking to me quite for quite a while, and I think it's just come to a point. He's not he hasn't got an income anymore, and I think he's just um, I'm going to have to try, uh, point him in a direction of trying to get some help.
2: Uh, Shanika, how do people reach out to you? I'm, I'm is it through the um, the volunteer work that you do, or so, uh, we have a we have a helpline, for instance, mm. that that people call and. And uh, a number of us take turns in in, uh, manning the phone line. But how do people actually know to connect to you?
1: Some people, um, so our our gambling helpline, we don't get referrals from there. People just find me because they're trying to search for ways to get help, I suppose, through Pokies Anonymous. Um, Some people find me on Facebook. Um, I had a lot of people contacting me because they knew about the court case yeah, a couple of politicians referred people to me, that's, yeah, they just, they just find me somehow. I wish well, there was terrific. more.
0: Sharnika, I have a couple of just uh, general questions about Australia, just based on, I just want to make sure that, I'm following some people on Twitter from Australia, I, the one, I don't, Jeff, I think, I, I don't know if you follow this guy or not, but Stephen Maine.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, he's great, yeah. Okay,
0: that's what I wanted to check on. I want to make sure I'm following the correct people down in Australia for this type of thing and he he tweets a lot of information out.
1: Yeah, he's really good. He's uh not shy of making a um yeah, making his presence known at um <laughs> at board meetings and uh yeah, he's he's a really good activist. Yeah, he's great. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's good to know then. Cuz mm-hmm. I I read a lot of the articles that he sends out. Yeah, like, I think but you know
1: don't know all the politics
0: down there, so I didn't want to, I to make sure i wasn't following the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you? How? So it's been ten years. You said
1: nearly. Yep. In January, ten years.
0: And everything's going well. Do you feel like your mind is better now, Eddie, since you stopped?
1: Oh, definitely. the The initial you before definitely. you
0: weren't developing. So.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I've done more things in the last nine years that I've done in my whole life. Yeah. I've had a little boy, even. And that's uh, keeps me on my toes. He's six. Wow. And um, yeah, and I think um, you know, with, with feelings and emotions and stuff, um, you know, he, he we we're sort of learning together, because I'm having to help him manage his, and uh, you know, in the in the meantime, discovering mine and and how to function and you know um, manage my emotions. Which is not easy, because people you know, just run to, to something to soothe the pain, and I, I deal with it. And that's why people, people sometimes you know, they say, oh, do something to forget. And I was like, no, I think you should feel feelings, uh, feel emotions, because it's part of being human. And, and we've got a lot of support.
2: And Shanika, what's, what's, what's your present job, other than raising yeah. a, a six-year-old? <laughs>
1: I run, I run, I volunteer for these three different uh, groups. So, well, four actually. So, I'm a volunteer for the Alliance for Gambling Reform. And we have a program called Champions for Change and we advocate for reform. Uh, I've also got, I run Pankies Anonymous, which is a, you know, like I said before, based on the 4 Step Program. But also, another group called Gambling Link, which we meet once a month. And part of that is we're we're an activist group and also a support group at the same time. And um, also a a drama group called The Real Spinners. We perform theatre to educate and um, go around to um, help services. And it's just a new thing that's just started in the last year.
2: That's great. Now, now if anybody, um, any of the listeners that are in uh, South Australia want to get help?
0: I think most of them are in that region, as I've seen.
2: Okay, where uh, where do you suggest they find find help?
1: Well, they can call the gambling helpline. I think it's 1-800-858-858 and they can refer you to different services. They've got counseling and um, we, we've got Pokies Anonymous and gambling links so they can always contact me. On Pokies Anonymous. I'll just read the number. So the Pokies Anonymous number is 0458-676-823. And, uh, yeah, if you ring that number, you can talk to me and I can try and help you with whatever you need and point you in the right direction because that's what I'm pretty good at, (laughs) I think. Yeah.
2: Sounds like you're a pretty busy woman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I love doing it because, you know, it keeps me busy. And it makes, you know, uh, and I think I'm making a difference along with the other people that are with me as well because it's not just me. It's we all support each other. And that's what's so, so beautiful about it. And we're not alone. So that's what people need to know, that they're not alone and they want help It's out there.
0: Well, Sharika, this has been a real pleasure. I, you had a lot to say. I really appreciate you doing this for us. Thank you.
1: No worries. And I love listening to your podcast as well. I've, I've listened to quite a few now. And I, um, I
0: listen to. Jeff eventually to shows up. Sorry? Oh, I said Jeff eventually shows up. He comes yeah. in sort of in the yeah. middle towards the end.
1: Yeah. And there's so many that I can't remember which ones I've listened to. So, yeah, but um, I've, I've listened to quite a few and they're all, all good. Yeah, all great. I well, love it. Thank them.
0: you. Thank you for saying yeah. that. You know, it was the same thing. I, I, I stopped gambling and I had to, what am I doing? What, do I get, what am I going to do with my time? So yep. it worked to help me because I got to talk about gambling more than you do at a meeting where you get five minutes. Yeah. I get to talk about it for a whole hour. And
1: yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever stopped talking about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm with you there.
0: Yeah, Jeff. Uh, Jeff's a very busy, Jeff is, <laughs> I don't know if he mentioned this or not, but we have the National Council on Problem Gambling and Jeff has become a board member for that.
1: So yeah.
0: he's, he's in the same boat you are, a lot of volunteering yeah well uh can we talk again sometime you can update yeah. us on australia it's it's so far yeah. away i can't you know <laughs> i we interviewed uh, did you listen to the one with jamal? jamal jamal sorry jamal i haven't talked to him in a very long time but he i believe was from the melbourne area and he did an interview he's i think the first or second person i interviewed and it says conversations with addicted gamblers and it's jamal and, and what from- that
1: was that you know
0: it's episode 19, but it says it's called Conversations with Addicted Gamblers, Jamal. Jamal. All right. Yep. Got
1: that.
0: And he, he I believe, was from Melbourne. So he's the only other person I've uh, spoken with. And I've also exchanged emails. And I hope he listens to this with uh, Shane. And Shane will be on soon. He's from that area as well. And uh, he's going to come mm-hmm. out and share his story. He's written a lot of pages. He almost wrote a book, I think. I think he's up to about a book on his gambling addiction. So.
1: Mm. And he's from Australia as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, we're trying to um, get more people from Australia because it's just a bigger problem. I mean, it's a problem here, Jeff, but they, it seems to be a more calculated problem there. Well,
2: I think Brian and I are going to make a trip uh, to Australia. and I would like to. Have us there.
1: Yeah, we should do. I, I
0: told my wife.
1: Yeah.
0: I told Don't my wife happy. I want to go down there and interview people. Um,
1: yeah, we could, we could do a protest or something somewhere. There's oh nobody, yeah
0: nobody i mean there's no way that would happen here a protest about gambling here
1: yeah oh we, we, we got a whole pack of people who would be interested if you we went to melbourne there'd be more people yeah that'd be great oh, yeah. love okay. that, and
0: i'd love if you could give me any names or give jeff and i any names um in the future of people to talk to even if it's you know somebody with a gambling addiction or somebody in government or anything like that because uh so
1: maybe the uh, alliance for gambling reform uh they might want to do an interview yeah, Stephen Manit was the media um, guy, but he's not doing it anymore, but I could give you the contact details of the uh, Rebecca, the media person there now, and then she could get someone to talk yeah, to you.: Yeah, that would maybe. be great. And I've got um, maybe uh, what's, uh, a man called <laughs> he actually went to prison for his, from his addiction, so maybe he might, would like to talk to you about his story.
0: Oh, that's, we just did, um, I think we recorded three hours, Jeff, with somebody in s- similar circumstances. Went to prison for robbing banks because of his gambling addiction. Well, well thank you again, and uh, we'll stay in touch, and I will email you when I put this up.
1: Yeah, no worries. Okay, thank you.
0: Thank you, Sean. Have a good night. Great guys. meeting
2: you. You take, yeah, care.
0: take
1: care.
2: Take care. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Okay, so this poem is called Cry for Help and it's by a lady called Pam. Pam is a member of our drama group, The Real Spinners. I didn't yell, I didn't shout, I just wanted someone to help me out. I had no life, I'd given up hope, I was sliding down a slippery slope. I'll take some pills to give me rest, I feel the pressure. In my chest. I close my eyes and rest my head, knowing that I could soon be dead. It's not the life I chose for me. I wish that I was gamble free. I'll call for help. Someone will come. Meanwhile my body's nice and numb. A single tear rolls down my face. I'm a failure, a pure disgrace. I hear the sirens getting close. They'll know I took an overdose. I can't go on, I don't belong. I know there's something very wrong. Here they come, what do they see? Are they looking right through me? We're here to help, so dry those tears. We will help you face your fears. Am I mad? Am I insane? Going down this path again? Don't pity me. I played the game. I only have myself to blame. It's okay, I heard them say. You just got lost along the way. I know you're here to guide me through. But where do I start? I have no clue. I need to stop before I die. Living life is just a lie. No more from me. I make the pledge. I'm tired of living on the edge. I pull away from you, my friend. For me and you, our time must end. I have nothing left to say. So I turn my back and walk away.